Justin, and I'll be your host for this episode. Joining me tonight are two of my fellow winged goddesses. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Hello, this is Derek, Derek WC. I'm, I'm a lion man. Rawr. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> hey, it's Mike. Let it all fade away. Just fade away. Help me. Yes, let everything fade away. Huh? Let this sad world... Let everything fade away. Come, my kindred spirit. Come to this land from the world beyond. Come join me. My chosen one. You mean me? You are the wing goddess who will fulfill the prophecy of our world. Our world, Gaia. Welcome, wing goddess. On this episode, we will be discussing the film Escaflone. A.K.A. Escaflone, the movie, A.K.A. A Girl and Gaia. This film premiered June 24th, 2000 in Japan and was released theatrically January the 25th of 2002 in the States. IMDb summarizes this movie as, quote, a grim retelling of the television series The Vision of Escaflone, which means absolutely nothing if you've never seen the TV series. <laughs> Maybe we'll get into that later. So since this was released theatrically in the States, Derek, did you see this in the theater? I, I did see this in the theater theatrically. Okay. I'm like, ah, 2002. Uh, I, I, I was trying to think about this because I knew we were going to talk about it. And I was happy to talk about it because this, this was, I, I think I do have nostalgia for this film just because it was, you know, of, of, I'd say maybe, I don't know. A baker's dozen, a handful of of anime films that I saw in the theaters. I want to say, like, I was trying to look into this because I think the mall's like gone and doesn't exist anymore now. But I, I think it was like a, a movie theater in a mall around Hawthorne or something back when I lived in Los Angeles. And I I, I was telling Justin this the other night, but I I remember the theater explicitly because I remember it was like. I don't know if it's steel job, but somebody's going to throw tomatoes at this. But it, it must have been like the the sixth or seventh time I saw the Phantom Menace. Like I remember, like 
like that that was a theater that i i went and saw that in and i think i at the time i think i brought in like a a handy cam to tape it so i could watch the the uh the lightsaber battle later or whatever and stuff like that but like i i remember like there was all kinds of like you know different movies but like oftentimes you you know it was never it was never in the same place twice you know so it was like i was always going to like different you know either art house movie theaters like all over los angeles to watch some of these releases so they weren't like you know it, it was definitely a limited release and it's interesting that you mention i mean I guess there's something to it. You know, you, you mentioned that, you know, the, the, the synopsis that IMDb gives, you know, doesn't mean much if you haven't seen the television series. I mean, for me, technically, like, I mean, I knew of the vision of Escaflone. Like, I kind of knew that because that, that was on Fox and it was kind of edited. And uh, But I, I got to be honest, like, I don't think I ever really watched that before I saw this film. So for me, like, I mean, this was my first and in, in some cases, like, only exposure to Escaflone. I mean, I think I think I ended up renting some of the, the TV shows later on, the TV show later on, you know, just to kind of make heads or tails of, you know, if there was other stuff. But essentially, it was kind of like they were two separate tellings of of the story with the same characters and everything. And... I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I have more on that than this than the basics. I mean, I I really enjoyed it. I think the main reason why I enjoyed it the most is I think the the soundtrack by Yoko Kano is like superb. Like I think that's that's the thing that that I you know in revisiting this one I I put in the Blu-ray. Um, it's the Bandai Blu-ray, so it has it has the old ocean group dub and then it has the japanese language i ended up watching the ocean dub again in preparation for this when i saw it theatrically it was the ocean dub i i am fond of the ocean dub because of the actors that were involved and how many other properties they were involved in so it's like i can hear you know to me i'm like vaughn is troa from gundam wing you know like Alan is is uh, you know Zex Marquis or whatever you know what I mean like like Ryan like Ryan. you know every once in a while you hear you know Ryan Ox talking in the background or you hear the Scott, um, McNeil. Scott McNeil is is Lion Guy yeah so you hear like all this kind of stuff that that it, it, to me it it triggers a lot of audio sense memory in terms of those VAs for me and and. A lot of fond what do you call that you know i have a fond pavlovian response to the 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 ocean group va cast in this film and then on top of that um the the main thing was after i saw this film i i don't know that i got it on dvd right away but i did end up getting that bandai box set you know, i don't know if you remember this but it was the one where it was like it had like like three discs in it and and it had Hitomi on the it was that you know nicely rendered image of Hitomi where she's like you know sort of cradled in in a sort of almost what what's the right word a, a cradled baby position you know but she's surrounded by the the um, the feathers and all that the wings and all that stuff and and it was a nice blue box and it came with three discs and it was the the film it was the special features 
And the third disc, and this is why I bring it up, is the most important, is it was the soundtrack to the film. I mean, if this was, uh, you know, something you could burn a hole into, I burned a hole into it. You know, like, that that was something that was, like, you know, backward to forward, top to bottom, up to down. You know, I listened to all the music on that. There, There's something... There's something like really cool about her versatility and talent, you know, like because this it, 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 it's got a lot of, you know, the, the, the somber kind of melodic. I, I don't I don't know what the right word is, but like this this faux folk ancestral like tune or something. You know, it's the same thing in, in you know, I just watched um uh, Macross Frontier. It's the same thing in that, where you know, it's like this this quote unquote old song that that brings back memories or is some kind of innate, you know, I don't know, historical childhood thing or whatever. And and so there's that, and then and then there's like the epic like John Williams orchestral score stuff she puts together. And in this, it's like super appropriate and like super awesome. And then. There's like the the cats on Mars stuff when um what's that cat chick's name Merle Merle like when Merle shows up Hitomi and Merle have that kind of weird jealousy off or, or, or kind of you know it's like it's like when two chicks start sizing each other up in the room and they're they're basically you know it's like it's it's way more literal because Merle is a cat girl and they're up they're kind of being catty to one another but yet there's that whole cutesy cats on Mars track that plays during that initial segment where she's like asking for water and all that kind of stuff so like I, I don't know. I guess my point is, like, she's so versatile, but it's all, like, so good. And it's, you know, I, I, I remember I loved listening to the music in this frontwards, backwards. You know, that that also provided me a extreme amount of, like, nostalgic sense memory type feelings in terms of this film and in terms of the soundtrack. I don't know... I, I think for the VAs, I would say it's all positive. For the music, I, I have complicated feelings about this. I mean, we were kind of joking about it and saying, you know, uh, you know, is, is Derek the wing goddess and all that stuff. And, like, I, I think it's different in the TV show. And, and you guys may be more experts on pointing out, like, some of the, the, the definite distinctions between the TV series and the film. You know, I... I enjoyed watching the film. I think because I watched the film first in its entirety, I have a preference for the film over the TV series because I think I view some of the aspects of the TV series as minutiae that I'm unconcerned with. I also think the TV series, and the reason why I bring it up is, and and one thing I feel is a distinction is, I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but but it seems like the whole premise is Hitomi comes to the world because she's a suicidal Japanese teenager. Like, and I think in my, uh, what do I call it? My, um, 
my melancholy 20s, I guess, is what I've sometimes jokingly referred to it as on the show. That, that, like, to, just to, to illustrate it, and you guys will appreciate this, and, and hopefully the listening audience will appreciate this. I can't remember if I've ever mentioned this before or not, but, like, I used to have a routine, like, in my melancholy 20s, like, when I was depressed and suicidal, and I would watch a lot of this stuff. And, and because I think, and, you know, this is not accusatory or anything but i think it's pretty obvious you know especially japanese media and and specifically certain things in anime glorify suicide and and so i would watch cowboy bebop the end of it like over and over and over or i'd have a routine where i'd watch the end of cowboy bebop i'd watch majin vegeta blowing himself up i'd watch the end of the original star blazers when they'd all fucking go into battle for the last hurrah on and on and on and 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 I think Hitomi, at least in this film, I, I think it's different in the television series. You know, like like it's not it's it's not the same tone. But in this, I always got the underlining vibe. Like, it doesn't really matter what her reasons are for uh, wanting to kill herself. I think the the thing I took away from it was, and it, you know, and this is hopefully not getting too serious or too preachy, but. The, the the main thing, because I, I don't think I'm a wing goddess anymore, um, but the reason why I was saying maybe I was a wing goddess at some point is because, you know, if you have a lot of self-hatred, that's why you 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 think about those things and want to commit suicide. And I think Hitomi comes to Gaia with that mindset. She's got a lot of self-hatred, you know, and, and that's that's the important reason why she would want to commit suicide and it doesn't matter what any of the other reasons are like the, the what what the person thinks are the reasons because it's inconsequential because what you don't realize is it, it it's more about you not being happy with yourself right and you're too uh you're too blind or caught up in minutia of bullshit to understand that at the time and and so anyway the the point of that is like that's how she comes to this world but i think i think in some ways you know it, it's a transition to you know when when she, once she leaves it like there there's less you know she's not she's not full of self-hatred and um she sort of meets the cast of characters. The The film itself, like, I don't know, this is interesting to talk about, too. I, I feel like you, you guys should jump in or comment, because I'm just going to keep blithering away about different stuff and go off on tangents. But the tone, like, this is something I wanted to ask you guys about, because I'm not, like, familiar with, like, the first time things like this happen. But it's like, it's like this weird... Um, you know, it, it's that kind of dichotomy that always like trips me up in things like Nausicaa. You know, the 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 notion that it's it's a fantasy, but yet it somehow involves Mecca. And and typically, I associate Mecca with technology and and industrialization, but that's not always the case in a lot of these like fantasy realms you know these these to me this is like this is almost like steampunk fantasy somehow if i had to quantify it you know they, they have airships there's there's wind and 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 technological power in that sense but it's not you know i, I never got the vibe that that any of the technology they used was powered by 
coal or oil or whatever you you get the vibe oh this is this is wind based oh you know this is you know somebody has to uh use their own blood to pilot what is quote unquote the mecca you know like things like that where you know escaflone itself like and i don't know if this is different from the tv show or not but i feel like in the tv show they just kind of had the the standard bandai you know mecca audio where the mobile suit would move around and make you know mechanical noises but like i think in this i felt like escaflone was like this this ancient like fossilized bony spirit of a dragon that somehow like you know <laughs> took the blood of a king or a prince or whatever you know vaughn is and 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 went with that as its means of propulsion so like i guess as someone who's not normally super giddy you know and like i think hopefully people know that listen to this this our entire podcast network you know know i'm more of like a sci-fi guy i'm like the you know sci-fi yes 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 and you know all this lucky charms like mystical shit like eh, i don't I, i'm not like you know harry potter and lord of the rings like they're fine i'll watch it once but i'm not i'm not as like uber passionate about those kinds of properties and i i think Escaflone technically on paper skews into that that realm where it's something maybe I'd watch once and never revisit again. But I think it it sells that dichotomy to me at least it, it, because the movie itself is so vague about it. You know, it's like oh well, you know there there are other aspects. You know, it's magic. It's you know it's, it doesn't have to be like super explained it's not like gaia was earth and then turned into this you know and i don't have to like sit there beating my head figuring out how we got to the world of commandy it's just it's it's counter earth somewhere else it involves magic most of this stuff is is not technological it's more you know magical soulful whatever and and ancient and mysterious and i i just kind of go with it and, you know, but but I guess I, I guess trying to open this up again, you know, like, is there is there anything you remember? Like, because I, I, I'm trying to remember if this was the first time I ever encountered something where Mecca met fantasy, because, I mean, I can think of things I discovered after the fact that are older than this, like, say, or a battler Dunbine, you know, like I, I think of things like, you know, Warlord, like fantasy things that that somehow met what I consider to be sci-fi or technological, but like, I don't, it's always been a strange concept for me to wrap my head around. Like the, the idea that like Naruto has a laptop, like hurts my brain. Does that make sense? I get you. It's like, what do they call it? It's like steampunk. Yeah. Like, sort yeah. of like, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to think out loud with you guys, but like, do you, do you remember the first time you've ever, you ever encountered that kind of concept or like you know some something like that escaflone might be the first time i've kind of seen this mixture of like mecca and fantasy i think yeah because i i feel like that's true of me like because I, I can't i can i can think of properties that are older but i did not encounter them until after i'd seen this movie and television series and i think it's a lot I feel like the balance in it 
makes sense to me. Like, it's not something that I, I poke holes in or find flaws in or anything like that. Like, I think, I think it's well done as far as the balance goes. Like, so kind of like I was explaining, like, it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's the blood. It, it looks ancient. There's, there's magical aspects to it. And it's not all kind of like me scratching my head, wondering how shit, shit gets powered or done or whatever. Despite, you know, despite me loving, you know, Gundam and stuff and like the real robot genre, I tend to find that I have an easier time believing the way some of like Mecha moves if it has a like sort of direct connection to the pilot, like, you know, sort of like, you know, Escaflone kind of drills into Vaughn and, you know, takes his blood or whatever. And like he, he's kind of completely strapped in and it moves according to like Vaughn's limbs and stuff. And like, I don't know, like whether it be like, you know, G Gundam or um, like Evangelion or even like the Barbatos from Iron-Blooded Orphans. Like when, when a mecha is kind of like intrinsically linked to its pilot, like I feel like I, I have a easier time buying it somehow. Like, I don't know, like when Amaro makes the like, you know, RX-78 do all these like crazy human-like maneuvers, I'm kind of like, like, how is he like, how is he doing that? Like, the is the computer that advanced that like just by using like the joysticks, like you can make the Gundam do a split or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Like that's, I know that's kind of a little like a tangent, but that's like something like uh, no, no, what no, you were no, saying I, about. Yeah. I, I, I think it, it actually illustrates kind of what I've been trying to say pretty masterfully is, is the, 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 the quote-unquote mecha in Escaflone, you know, or, or in some of the other examples you cited, it's it's like a knight in a suit of armor. You know, it's not, it's not you know, somebody getting into an X-Wing fighter or the Star Trek Enterprise or, or, or even, even, you know, something like, you know, a, a Transformers headmaster. Like, it's it's not exactly the same thing. It's, or, or you know, to, to put it in the, the popular vernacular for, you know, uh, the... Uh, the filthy Cassies or the, the, the LCD, you know, like, like it's the Pacific Rim aspect. It's the whole, you know, Hey, we're in sync with our mech. And it, when, when I do Taibo aerobics, my, my mecha does Taibo aerobics, you know, and, 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 and to me, it's, it's like that, that's that whole feudal thing that makes sense to me because when you look at these guys, whether it's the TV series or the anime, you know, a lot of the times they're, you know, they have that little moment, you know, that, that almost Iron Man moment, you know, where the, 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 the faceplate opens up so you can see Vaughn's inside or you can see um, Alan's inside his suit and things like that. And you're like sitting there going, well, that would be just be like, you know, a, a knight of the round table lifting up his his uh, little, you know, faceplate and going, hey, what's going on, bro? You know, like that, that's, and, and, and that to me, I, I don't know that like that um, aesthetic speaks volumes and, and makes sense to me in this context. Whereas like sometimes I see things and I'm kind of like, wait, Naruto has a satellite phone under his bed in the Hokage village or what, you know, like stuff like that. Like it just, I don't know what it is about that. It just blows my mind and makes me think, nah, bro, like that doesn't make any sense. But, but this like 
does make sense to me, you know, like, like I, I can see it, you know, you are right that like Escaflone in this movie is a lot more like organic, I guess, than it was in the show. Like, you know, when it, when it, when it moves around, it does kind of, or like, even when it's transforming into the dragon, it does feel like, like flesh, like shifting when it transforms even when it like walks and moves around and like draws its sword, it feels like it's like ripping a bone out of it or something when it draws its sword. So I, I, I almost feel like this this film, this Escaflone film, is like if I watched Endless Waltz first and saw the the feathery wing zero and decided I liked it the best and I, I I don't know that I have much more than that, but just like that, that's that's almost like how I I imagine this must sound to people who are fans of the TV show. Like I think I just imprinted on that version of Escaflone and and kind of went with it. Like I guess there's no mecha in these books, but there are elements in Escaflone that remind me of like Edgar Rice Burroughs Martian novels. Oh, okay. Like, the way John Carter goes to Mars, like, it's kind of like a, they don't really explain it in a lot of detail, but a lot of people think of it as astral projection. And then there's a second Earthman later in some of the other novels. Uh, He's a soldier, and he's like, I want to say he gets wounded in the First World War, and then all of a sudden he wakes up and he's on Mars. So that kind of reminds me of, like, the way Hitomi, you know, travels to Gaia. And as far as technology, it's like uh, Mars, or as they call it in those novels, Barsoom. It's they have technology, like they have flying ships, they have uh, radium bullets, they have atmosphere plants, but they also have swords. They don't wear a lot of clothing, and Barsoom has a lot of you know dangerous, wild, vicious animals. You know, you got those. The white apes with you know four arms, and you've got all kinds of like you know wild and crazy monsters just lurking out in the you know in the caves and the mountains and the plains of Barsoom. So it's kind of it's kind of like it's kind of like He Man in a way. It's like mm. it's it's, it's that, that's it's, that's where that feudal aspect comes yeah. into it, even though it's quote unquote sci fi. That's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You've got all this technology, but you've also got you know scantily clad people with swords, and it's a uh, you know, it's an interesting mix, and then the way they go back and forth to Mars, it's it, it's never explained. And when you know, in that feature film they made a few years ago, they it always kind of bugged me. They they took great you know links to explain that. Whereas me, I'm just like it doesn't need. It's one of those things that doesn't need to be explained. It's like okay, it's astral projection, or he's hurt and he just wakes up. Like who cares? Like that's. That's just a storytelling device. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a way for him to get to Mars. Like, you know, that's that's just kind of, I don't know. I guess some people are nitpicking. They're like, how did you get to Mars? Well, well, Larry, we got to put the scene in here. There's a guy with the, you know, crazy magic device or thingy or whatever. But do you remember your first uh, encounter with this film? Yeah, like my, my history with Escaflone is probably different than Derek's. I mean, it, and it's not like I don't have as like, I guess, a heavy connection to like this movie as Derek does. But I mean, I was like probably just really getting into anime at the time. And like, I think I got like one of the first Gundam Wing DVDs 
and like it had an ad for Escaflone in it. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, like I really like mecha anime, so I'll buy the first like Escaflone DVD. So I got that. And then I saw like Fox Kids was going to be airing Ex- Escaflone. And I was like, oh, maybe I won't even need to buy like the rest of the DVDs. I'll just like tape it off Fox or whatever. But then, like, you know, after I saw the first episode and then, like, how badly it was, like, chopped up and edited, and then after I read online, oh, the rest of the series is going to be chopped up and edited, and I probably should have seen this coming, being that it was Fox Kids or whatever. I was like, okay, well, now I have to buy the DVDs. And, you know, back in that, those days, it was, like, you know, three episodes per DVD. So yep. it's like, I, I think yeah. I still have my like eight Escaflone <laughs> DVDs like in storage somewhere with the 26 episodes of the series. Yeah, but, I think I think those were things I, I would pick up from that sound station place when I could because I didn't want to spend like the twenty nine ninety nine for like three episodes or whatever yeah. it was. But no, like I, I saw the whole series before like this movie. And then like when I, I saw like in a magazine or something like Anna America or whatever, like the, one of the anime magazines that was out at the time that, you know, this movie was coming out. So I was really excited for it. I pre-ordered. I know that blue box you're talking about, Derek, because I like pre-ordered it like I, I own it, too. I remember like I pre-ordered it from like Suncoast or something like and the disc with the extras on it was like busted. So I had to like return it and get another one. But yeah, it had the movie, the extra disc, and then the soundtrack. And I got a lot of use out of that soundtrack too, Derek, because I, I agree with you. Like the score is like beautiful for this movie and like the series as well. But, uh, but you know, my, since I had seen the series, like the, the magazine article that like showed the preview images, like, and then, like, when I finally saw the first trailer for it, like, it didn't make mention that this is gonna, this was going to be, like, a sort of, like, reboot, almost, or a retelling. Like, so when I saw the trailer, I was kind of like, why does it seem like no one remembers who Hitomi is? Because, like, the trailer has, like, Vaughn, like, mm-hmm. like pointing a sword at her and saying, like, who the hell are you? And, like, you know, stuff like that. So, like, I was kind of like, what the hell's going on? Like, so then... Finally, I think shortly before I got the movie, I like read some articles like, oh, this isn't related to the TV show at all. It's like a retelling. And I'm like, oh, okay." So that kind of like dampened my enthusiasm for it a little. But then once I got it and I watched it and I was like, oh, man, that was like a really like beautifully animated movie. I mean, it kind of in broad strokes it told the same story as the tv show like you know like you said without like there's a lot of minutiae that it doesn't it skips past it alters and it kind of it, it reuses assets to tell a completely new story basically so i mean i appreciate this movie but i think i prefer the story in the tv show but i don't know what about you justin like what's your like history with escaflone as for myself, back in the olden days, there was such a thing as the Fox Kids Club. And if you sent them, I don't know, two or three dollars, like you would, you, you were like an official member of the Fox Kids Club. So I did this. And they would send you like a magazine with like a poster every. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like quarterly or something. And I've still got a few of my magazines and I've still got this. Um, Painted poster of like Spider-Man. I think it's Spider-Man and Wolverine. Uh, I'll see if I can dig those out of storage sometime. But um, I believe the first time I encountered Escaflone period was some 
blurb for it. You know, it's like coming soon to fuck kids, you know, Escaflone. And I was like, oh, an anime? Okay, cool. So, and I looked this up. Uh, August 2000 was when the vision of Escaflone began airing on Fox Kids. And then after 10 episodes, it was canceled for low ratings and they didn't even air the first episode. I don't think I was aware of the skipped first episode and all the cutting and editing that was done at the time like in 2000 like the only way i could get on the internet was at school we didn't get internet here spring of 2001 i think so i was blissfully ignorant of all that and i didn't finish the series until i don't know 2005 or six maybe but anyway uh this film this is the first anime dvd i ever bought um, it wasn't the fantastic, you know, edition you guys are talking about. It was just a single disc release. I think I found it at Walmart in a cheapo bin for like three or five dollars. And you know, kind of like Mike was saying, I don't think I knew this was a reboot either. I was just like, oh man, there's an Escaflone movie. Like I remember watching Escaflone. Like I think I just assumed this was like a finale. You know, because they, you know, I, I, I don't think I knew there were more episodes of the series. And I was like, oh, maybe this is like, you know, this is a big conclusion. So I put it in and kind of like Mike, I'm like, wait, this is, they don't know each other. And there's people missing. And I'm like, oh, this is a retelling. I like the movie. I think the animation is beautiful. I think the soundtrack is also beautiful. Like I was listening to the soundtrack today when I was just, you know, doing random stuff around the house and it's it's still great kind of like mike i think i prefer the storytelling of the series you know i i really like this film but i think i think i need the expansion of the series like i i want to know more about delandau and you know why he is the way he is like i want to know more about alan and his relationship with all these characters you know i want to know more about Vaughn and his background, his family, the falling out with his brother, and you don't you don't get a lot of that in this film. Which you know, it's a film, and they're cutting away all the baloney and the fat and everything. But I, I don't know. I, I, I watched the movie, and I'm like, man, this really, this is really good. It's beautiful. But I'm like, I'm left wanting more, and the series gives me that. Derek and I kind of skirted around this, and this is a question I had. You know. If you've not seen the series, do you think this movie would be hard to follow or incomprehensible? And one of the reasons I brought this up is because, you know, when when this DVD was in my collection, I showed it to uh, someone I was dating at the time, and she had heard of Escaflone. So I was like, okay, we can watch the movie. And she kind of found it hard to follow and incomprehensible. And so I was trying to you know, fill in some of the gaps, and I was like, oh yeah, and you know, there's there's not just Vaughn's brother, there's like, you know, there's a whole emperor, you know, Emperor Dorenkirk, who's not even in this movie, and I was like, I spent a lot of time, like, trying to fill in the gaps, and, you know, I probably, like, misremembered some stuff, but, you know, she, you know, she thought the animation was beautiful, and the soundtrack was great, but as far as, like, the storytelling of this film, like, with no, with no background, I don't think she was really that into it. Well, I mean, 
into it is different from being able to follow it though i think like like the the only thing i'll stick up for is since i saw it first mm -hmm. like and and maybe it's because because all the other movies i had seen like you know we, we talked about i went and watched the x movie for for clamp and i went and watched mm -hmm. like what was it like blood the last vampire yeah. and all this other stuff you know like i i saw a lot of that stuff in the theater right and and i feel like a lot of that stuff is way more nonsensical than this was like yeah so so in 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 that i guess in that context to me like this was like a breath of fresh air where i was like okay there's a girl she comes to this place the dude with the wings is the good guy he saves her there's all these bad guys on airships and all this other stuff you know that that they're 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 trying to you know basically his big plot is he wants to end the entire world because he's got you know his toe stubbed and they're trying to stop him and then they and then kind of like you know Dorothy and Oz she encounters you know I mean you know they, she doesn't really encounter the talking lion because that's not on her side but you know what I mean like she 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 runs the gambit and meets Alan and meets the captain and you know all this other stuff and the, the cat girl and all these other people and uh, the, the little sexy lady and all that other stuff right and and so they they they, they introduce all those characters and 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 you know she befriends them and and then and and it's like he's you know what's his face um Vaughn's brother is there to like tempt her you know like like kind of like a dark sith lord or whatever it's like give in to these these feelings of self-destruction you know like like and and you know because Vaughn saves her life and she's not you know uh, a, a petty human being, you know, like she forges. I mean, it, yeah, it's like it's in the span of a movie. You have to make some allowances, but there, there's a bond that's forged there. There's, there's some feelings that are uh, exchanged and all that stuff. And, and by the end of it, you know, it's like she, she actually, you know, you know, between you know Vaughn getting into the battles with Dolendal and all these other guys, you know, like th there's, you know. Uh, a resolve to not give in to that, I don't know, God, goddess, whatever, of self-destruction, to not just say, fuck it all, I, you know, I want to end everything because I'm, I'm, I'm hateful and self-destructive. It's like, actually, like, no, Gaia is beautiful. Gaia is a place that, you know, does not deserve to be destroyed like and and there's beauty in it whether it's the angel wings or what, whatever the skies like whatever you're taking beauty in you know there there's all those aspects to it and it's like it needs to go on and and once she actually stands up for all that stuff and fights with vaughn then then it's like yeah i i get what you're saying too like there's that aspect of it's time for her to go back to poochie's home planet and she fucking fades away and then you're left sitting there going oh is that it like what i i need more and you know that's kind of why I, I i sought out the series after that but i mean you know i don't know maybe it's just the way i came to it but you know i i i guess i just i i think this is probably like one of those things where it's just like it's like one of those like this is a love letter to escaflone but not you know I, I don't know maybe maybe that's the aspect of it it's like not everybody's gonna get into the love letter you know i don't know maybe that's it i don't know no one thing that is weird 
and it comes out of nowhere and like even if you knew about the series you're you were probably like flabbergasted about it they never quite explain to any in any significant detail why Vaughn, Falcon, and Delando all have like psychic powers now. Like that's an aspect that is not in the series, and it just yeah. kind of comes out of nowhere in this movie. And like even if you were familiar with Escafloni, you're like, wait, they have like the Force almost now. Like where I, where did that come from? Like, I I just always took it as that was part of the whole like ancestry and magical lineage you know like i i don't know like and again this is me just coming to it first like it was never weird to me that they did that because this is what i saw first so i just took it as like oh well these guys are you know they're they're dragon slayers or 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 you know and and think about the time frame when this this movie came out like i mean what phantom menace was you know only a year old and all that other stuff. Like, I, I think some of that stuff is probably just one of these like meta influences where it's like, okay, yeah. So they, I mean, cause a lot of the movies I saw at the time in the theaters, like I said, the like Spriggan and all this other stuff, you know, there were dudes doing that psychic kind of thing left and right. And, and maybe it's just me, but passing it off as like a magical bloodline, like, like, I guess this is something that I hadn't brought up, but, you know, there's a lot of sense, memory, visual aspects to this that, to me, trigger familiarity with other properties that made me more amenable to this love letter. And whether it's like, I don't know, I mean, this could be dumb, but it's like, dude, bro, if you like scanners, like you're going to get a sense memory when Vaughn, you know, fucks up the horse or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, and that's kind of like not serious, but like, I guess for me, what is kind of a serious version of that is Vaughn, like, sprouting wings actually happens right in the opening of the film. But if you're, say, the, the girl that Justin was trying to introduce to the story, they wouldn't know that that was Vaughn. They would just think a dude is falling from the sky and wondering, like, hmm, where the fuck did that dude come from? But if you know he has wings, you know he flew up there and then dropped on the pirate ship, right? Like, that, that's, that's a bit of context, right, that, that you, you, you might be in the dark about until you get to the scene where he saves Hitomi and he sprouts wings. And when he sprouts wings like that, what I think of, what I didn't want to forget to mention is another comparison along with like Lord of the Rings and, you know, there's a lot of visual imagery. And what I think of is when Kira in the Dark Crystal grows wings as a Gelfling, you know, and it's like it's like mm. this weird aspect of they're 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 mystical fairy like creatures They're they're you know, you, you think of things like Lord of the Rings when you see uh, Faulkner's little, uh, I don't know, aid that have like these kind of. Uh, you know, fairy-like ears or, or whatever, you know? And, and then, and then you know, other movies I think of, because, you know, I'm an 80s kid, I think of, like, Dragon Slayer, you know? Because there's that cool scene, like, in the... the if, if you watch, like, the TV series, there's this moment where um, he... Uh, Vaughn fights, like, a dragon, I think, right? In the first episode or whatever, and 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 he actually has like a shield, like not a psychic shield, like in these movies that we're talking about. But he has like a for really reals, you know, like like shield that like does the whole beetle, you know, click 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 around, you know, to make a 
a circular shield around his arm. And the reason why he brings that up is because he's fighting a dragon that's about to breathe fire on him. And it totally reminds me of the sequence in Dragon Slayer when the, the kid goes in and he's got that big fucking honking shield where it looks like something out of uh, Amazing Spider-Man hooky, you know, and, and the, the dragon like just unloads on him and the only thing that's keeping him safe is the shield and so like there i don't know there, there to me there's a lot of like imagery like that where to me it it kind of um it's like familiar but not because of the series or because of you know i don't know anime tropes but just familiar because of you know i i guess very random personal uh uh, you know, lexicons that I've had over the years, and it, it doesn't make it as foreign to me as it, you know, I guess if somebody's watching this without any context, regardless of the series, but just any context whatsoever, you know, may, maybe they don't make those same associations and think of like, you know, feudal guys running around on horses or the the, the dark crystal thing or, or whatever, right? So... <laughs> I remember it like you were saying, Justin, about like the Fox kids cut, how they cut out the first episode. I do remember like they, you know, Hitomi like runs through the first episode in like a minute, like at the beginning of the Fox kids, like, like version where she's like, like, I was an ordinary girl on Earth. And then this guy came and there was a dragon and I was fire. And then I went to this other place. Oh, my God. And here we are. Like, yeah. Uh, I wonder if I can dig that up on YouTube. I'm sure someone has like archived that. I think they do have like the Fox Kids cut like somewhere on the internet or something cuz I think it it all aired in like Canada like the mm. edited version so but no like I mean I wanted to ask you Justin like I'd say like maybe like in the series at least like Falcon is probably my favorite character and he's he's kind of like the Magneto sort of archetype that you like like yeah. so it's kind of do you like you know are you kind of sad that he's just like you know relegated bad. to just being the big bad like in this movie or yeah i mean he i feel like he, i feel like this movie does a disservice to him especially but also delando like delando comes across as just kind of like a i don't know psychopath and then he gets to survive at the end he's like well i guess there's trouble to be made somewhere else hi ho silver away and you know he's like he gets to ride off to the sunset but uh yeah falcon is much more nuanced in the series that's what i'm talking about when i'm saying like i want more like there and then the whole thing of like you know like uh doran kirk like he's not even in this movie and he's like he's like the whole emperor like that they're you know that they're all like afraid of and shit i don't know it's it's been a long time since i watched this series and i admit to sit down and at least watch a few episodes to refresh my memory but i just didn't get around to it this week but yeah like he's you know, when I was watching the series, I'm like, okay, Bond's all right, and Hitame, okay, but I'm, I mean, you know me, like I kind of, I kind of gravitate towards the bad guys, especially if they're, if there's some, you know, shades of gray where you're like, well, they're not all bad, like there's, there's this and there's that, and you know, and then you got like the big bad who's behind them pulling the strings and doing all the stuff. So yeah, I feel like the Landau had that Arthur Burgess arc in uh, Clockwork Orange, like the book where. He's just, you know, a complete shit. And then by chapter 22, he's like, all right, I'm going to stop being an asshole now. I'm going to go to work and get a job. 
and like not not fuck with people anymore you know type thing you know that that you know how everybody like freaks out like now if, they, if somebody did an article i i'm sure no uh no uh, millennials have ever read a clockwork orange or watched the movie at this point but if they did do a clickbait article it'd be like oh my god chapter 22 like totally different ending clickbait here <laughs> Or whatever, but but that that's that's what that makes like that's what that end sequence with the Landau makes me think of is that chapter twenty two in Clockwork Orange where he's just like, all right, I'm gonna be a fucking adult now and stop doing all this tomfoolery and super dickery and everything. Like I'm I'm just gonna you know be on the up and up. You know I, I've I've had enough of being a, a a fucking little shit and and like that's kind of what I feel like that sequence at the end of the film is like, all right, I, I've had enough of being a little shit. Like uh, I'm going to go be an adult now and let's all ride on our horses. And, and hopefully these ones won't get, uh, you know, eviscerated or whatever, you know, it's funny. Like they, like I said, they kind of like look, looked, looked at all their assets and then like tossed them up in the sky. And then they're like, who, which character would like came up with a totally different story and then, like, which character would fit in this role, basically? And, like, I mean, even, like, Alan, like, he, like in the series, yeah. he's, like, a knight. Mm-hmm. But in this, he's just kind of, like, the, the leader of this band of, like, rebels or whatever. And, like, there's, like, a love triangle between him, Vaughn, and, like, Hitomi in the series. Mm-hmm. But there's none of that in this. So, like... In, in the series, I feel like there's a whole lot more of that, you know, cattiness Derek was talking about between Hitomi and Meryl. I mean, it's... I mean, they they make like goofy anime faces at each other and everything. And I mean, Meryl is pretty. I don't know. You maybe you remember it better, but I I remember in the series like Meryl is pretty aggressive towards Hitomi at times. Like she, it's not just like oh, I'm gonna make a face at you because I'm jealous and you know you're another girl. I mean, she's pretty. I don't know. Aggressive when it comes to you know her, what she perceives as her relationship with yeah, yeah. especially she, like early she, on, yeah. She's like, get the fuck away from my man. <laughs> like early, I remember early on, she's like stealing Hitomi's shit and like running around places, and Hitomi has to like chase her around and stuff. And yeah. like, yeah, stuff like that. But I, like I said, they have to like, like condense, like sandwich it all the mm-hmm. way into like the hour and a half they have. So I, I forget because they, they definitely don't uh, deal with this in the movie at all. Do, do they ever deal with like other people from Earth? coming to Gaia on the series? Sort of. Like, they check back on Earth in the series, like, for on a couple episodes. Like, Hitomi goes back to Earth for one episode, okay. and then, like, her best friend and, like, that guy she was crushing on are, like, looking oh, yeah, for yeah, her because, yeah, 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 like, yeah. she's missing and stuff. And it's... And then, the, the guy that she has a crush on looks almost exactly like Alan, right? Alan. Yeah. Right, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't like I don't remember because I haven't seen the series in a while. But doesn't it? Isn't Dornkirk from Earth? That's what I was like, about to say. I think I think he's actually from Earth, and he's got okay. like that. Well, he's got that prognostication engine to try and like tell the future or shape the future of guy or something. I, I, I shit, I can't remember. Yeah, but the, I know there's a lot more to do with Earth than just yeah. Yeah, I I mean like like Justin. I mean it's been a long ass time since I've seen the the series 
well, I did want to say, like, I did watch, like, the Ocean dub, and, like, it it's okay. Like, I, I think I like the Japanese version better, but I did watch the Ocean dub this time because, like, as of this recording, uh, Kirby Morrow passed away fairly mm-hmm. recently, and, like, you know, he was a, you know, mainstay of many anime dubs that we all watched, like, yeah. over the years. So, yeah. like, this is, a, like, you know, he's Von Fanel, and... It's it's nice, you know, he's also known as, like, you know, Moroku from Inuyasha. And, like, you mm-hmm. know, Ke- Kelly Sheridan, who voices Hitomi, voices Sango, too. So it's nice to see them, like, as a couple, like, again, like, yeah. basically. Yeah. Sango? Yes. You'll have my children? Ten babies? Or maybe even twenty? Yes. Moroku, does this mean you'll stop womanizing? Huh? Uh, <laughs> you will stop flirting, right? Uh, uh, I'll take that as a no. Yeah, but he he will be missed. Like, you know, he did, you know, Troa Barton and, you know, Cyclops on X-Men yeah. Evolution and, you know. Yeah, I was thinking, I was trying to remember where I remembered uh, Dylan Dahl's voice actor from. And, like, I was trying to go through his 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 credits and stuff and i found like a couple things where i was like oh yeah he was he was Iceman, and he was you know like so i you know he did tons of I, stuff i remember him mostly as a uh, uh genki from monster rancher yeah, yeah he was the okay. main the okay. main kid on monster rancher yeah yeah so i know i was telling you guys like uh i watched the first episode of that inuyasha sequel series yashihime and uh, dude, Moroku and Sango, they didn't waste any time having kids at all. <laughs> they kind of like, oh, yeah, don't they have like happy. eight kids or like, yeah, two. they've got a bunch, man. I was like, oh, they, <laughs> uh, yeah, good old Moroku, the perverted priest who's always <laughs> grabbing Sango's butt. Uh, but yeah, that made me happy. But yeah, yeah he, uh, yeah, he came back and he. I don't know how many episodes he recorded of Yashihime, but he he came back as Moroku, and I, you know I don't know how many he completed. Yeah, and then you you got Scott McNeil as uh, I think it's Jajuka is the lion yeah, guy. Yeah, the like, lion yeah. Guy. and he had a fairly minor role in the series, if I remember correctly, but he's a lot more important in this movie. So yeah. like, I guess. Yeah. And he, I think, he, you know, he benefits, too, from, like, I don't remember him looking this cool, like, in the series. Like, he looks mm. a lot cooler in this movie. Yeah, I think I think this has less of that uh, mayor-dog aspect, as we like to say. You know, <laughs> like, like the, the, I, I think, I, I, I don't know, I, I guess just because of the nature. You know, like, like I said, the, to me, it's like the things of, you know, satellite phones and laptops and Naruto's village and, and, and mayor dog and Dragon Ball Z and shit like that. Those are the kind of things that like make me go, well, what? But like See, when, when, when they do it here, like it doesn't, you know, to me, I'm just kind of like, all right, well, they're, they're on Gaia and this is, this is how they roll. And, you know, like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't make me do as much of a double take, you know? And when I see him, I think of like the lineman of Mongo from the Flash Gordon strips and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, huh? I was also telling Justin like, like uh, before we started recording, like I didn't realize it up until like we started preparing for this show. But like Funimation did a dub for this, like this anime and yeah, this movie yeah, as well. Yeah. And like I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I did look up some clips of their like dub of the series like before we started tonight. And I was, I was kind of like, you know, it's kind of. Oh, well. 
that weird like Alan is um Krillin instead of fucking <laughs> yeah Hawkins like it, it's well like it's a lot more subdued than the ocean group I guess which not isn't necessarily a good thing but like it's also like you know instead of like Alan Shazar they say like oh it's Alan Shazar or something like so it's, it's weird like mm. pronunciations or I don't maybe they think that's closer to like the Japanese pronunciation but like I don't know like, I, I think it's kind of you know, splitting hairs for the most part, but but I don't know. Maybe one day I'll go back and like rewatch the series and maybe try out the Funimation dub. But you know, I I, I tend to remember liking the Japanese version of this series and this movie. So like, you got um the dude who voices um oh I can't remember his name. I'm never good with the Japanese names, but uh the dude who voices Domon Kashu is Von Fennel. So like you know he's he's a he's a shouter. Like he, he screams yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like so. <laughs> Yeah, I got the I got the Blu-ray set, um, and I I did pop in a disc and sort of you know tried to listen to it in the background a little bit. But they have I guess you can switch to like I I guess when it's the uncut episodes, you you only can listen to the the Funimation dub on the first disc. And then, or I, I forget how it works. Like, there's two discs for the first like seven episodes or something, and one of them's like edited, and one of them's uncut. So it's like you can listen to the ocean thing maybe on the edited thing, and then and then for the rest of the series, I think you can switch back and forth between the dubs or whatever. But that's nice. I like I like options. Like yeah, I think yeah. you know that's a good if they included both dubs and the Japanese version. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure you can listen to both if you want. But yeah, you were also saying like just like I kind of like uh, when I rewatched this, I was like, uh, like I think the first time I saw it when like Vaughn rips like Delandau's horse in half, like, like with his psychic powers, I was like, ugh, like gross. But like when I watched it again this week, I was kind of like, oh yeah, I forgot about that part. But I've seen a lot worse things with horses in anime like since then. <laughs> so. I, I forgot all about that scene, so when I saw it, I was like, holy crap. And then I was like, hey, uh, it's a monster horse. It's okay. It's I a just, monster horse. I, I tried to forget about it immediately. Like I, I think mean, I've yeah. seen, like, horses cut in half with swords and like, Vinland Saga, and then, like, the rape horse from Ber- Berserk, and then, like, yeah, there's I've seen much worse things with horses since then, so. You can always, you know, watch some Devil Man to to get something horrendous. There's always there's always something worse in anime. Just like you know, it's just when crazy. you thought you've seen the most violent, like disturbing thing, there's always something worse. But yeah, I mean, despite you know, I, I think like I said, I have the opposite kind of reaction to this movie as Derek does. Like I do appreciate it, but I think I prefer the series. But I do, again, I do pr- appreciate it. I think the music is is phenomenal i did like i did get a lot of use out of, out of that soundtrack and and the end like i think we've said it but like the animation is like gorgeous like you know yeah. just the everyone has like a re redesign and whatever but like just the way like even escaflone moves it's kind of like you believe it's like alive like not yeah. just like you know but through its sound effects and just the way it's animated so 
Yeah, I feel like I, I feel like if you had to say the key buzzwords for the the score and the animation, it's like beautiful, immaculate, you know, mesmerizing, you know, like all, all those kind of things like apply to to the 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 visuals and the, the audio. I mean, it's pretty infamous too. I mean, you know, when when you brought this up, I mean, I think we were all like immediate, like immediately saying, you know, Esca, Flodne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yep. Uh, I think the the dance of the curse or whatever that track is called. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows that. And then uh, like everyone knows that. And then like I think like years and years ago I mentioned Escaflone to a friend of mine. He was kind of like, oh yeah, like it had that really like memorable like sort of theme music whenever it showed up. And I was like, oh, yeah. And But then he started singing, like, the Fox Kids Escaflone theme. And I was like, well, no, that's not it. I mean, like, the, <laughs> the actual, like, orchestral, like, you know, Escaflone. He was like, oh, okay. He was like, I thought you meant, like, the Fox Kids theme. I was like, no, no, I didn't. I don't even know what, what was the Fox yeah, Kids Yeah, I don't theme. even remember it. it. It had its own, like, theme song where it was, you know, the typical, like, you know. Was it a rap? No, it wasn't a rap. It was just like I forgot how it went, but it, it... step into the Esca, Esca, Flone. Yep. No, it, it it had its like a you know typical sort of uh, Saturday morning Fox Kids sort of Power Rangery like X Men theme or whatever. But yeah, I think like. I want to say, like, it aired in, like, on YTV in Canada, like, the entire, like, edited version aired. So you could probably, like, go on YouTube and, like, look up, like, Fox Kids Cut and see what they, like, I think, you know, they chopped it for violence, obviously. They probably removed a lot of, you know, anything that was objectionable. But let me ask you guys this. Like, have you ever, like... Is it like it's probably past time, but have you ever wanted like a sequel to like Escaflone, like either this movie or like the series? Not really. No. Yeah, I, I, I or, was gonna yeah. go. No. Wait, like, I was gonna say yeah, I, I, like, uh, like it's a cowboy bebop situation where it's like, oh no, it ended perfectly, like in a place where it should have ended, and that's the end of it. Like you know, it doesn't need to. <laughs> it's like Hitomi doesn't have to come back to Gaia and like Vonza Cyborg or something now. Or I something. mean, I, I think I think if you were seriously going to consider something like that, I think it would need to be one of those things where it's like a hundred thousand years in Gaia's yeah. future, and like you know, it, it's like some girl in twenty twenty, you know, meets a whole new cast of you know fuck faces or something, you know, like not 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 touching the original. And Vaughn, and Vaughn is just a a head on a cyborg body. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I've become a cyborg. <laughs> no, Vaughn, Vaughn, Vaughn can be like the gold Optimus Prime statue. They can just like hang out and like, I don't know, drink lattes by his statue or something. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm surprised like this, like, you know, I guess it was fairly popular, but like, yeah, beyond, beyond this movie, there was never really anything else from Escaflone. I think like, I think there was a manga adaptation that might've been a little different, but other than that, do either of you have any toys of Escaflone? No, but, um, I, I remember, and I, I don't remember who made them, but there was a series of figures where you'd have like, You'd have like the Escaflone, and it would come with like a, you know, 
a figurine of Vaughn, like immovable. And then they also made like Big yeah. O and the Swordfish. I kind of, I kind of remember that. Yeah. yeah, I had the Big I've, O from that line. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the Outlaw store that came with the Gene and Melfina figurines, but I, I've lost the stand. So Gene and Melfina, you know, they can't stand on their own. They have to be plugged into that base. So they're just like Outlaw stars is still on its stand. It looks really great. And then Gene and Melfina are just like laying beside of it. <laughs> I, I I know I looked once. I don't even remember. Like this, there's probably like by now there's probably like a Rebel Tech or a you know Figure Arts or something of Escaflone. There, or, there is a few weeks ago, or maybe it was last week. I was looking at uh, you know pre-orders on Amiami, and I don't know if it was Rebel Tech, but I I did notice there's you know new expensive. Uh, they they look kind of like robot Damashi figures of like Escaflone and like the you know the evil suits from the tv series you know the ones that like kind of like they oh, could f- you know float in yeah into the, yeah they turn invisible like, and visible. stuff yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i guess i guess sorry I'm, I'm not trying to combat and go like you guys are wrong because you like the series better because i i would expect that would be the popular opinion the the, the that reminds me though the, like the one thing i kind of like about this is like the whole like Superman's the last son of Krypton thing. Like, I, I guess when they cut down on all the minutia, like I kind of like that. Like the, to me, the Escaflone is special in this movie. Whereas I feel like when there's like fifty million, you know, Predator mechs that uncloak, you know, in front of it, and and then they go to Alan's like kingdom, and Alan has a fucking mech, and you know, they go to some other asshole's kingdom and he has a fucking mech, then I'm like, okay, come on. Like, then it's like, you know, and, and this is not begrudging, you know, I love these characters, but then it's like, you know, Supergirl, Streaky, Crypto, Beppo, you know, and it's like, come on, like, everybody fucking got on a satellite and fucking, you know, crashed on Earth, you know? <laughs> they go like, to, like, like Mer- they go to Merle's village and the cat people have a mech. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Cat girl mech. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, all right, all right, all right. I don't know. I, I do have lots of, you know, I guess I have fond memories of it and then and then, you know, you know, not not trying to make it heavy or whatever. But like, I think I think some of my sense memory is there's there's a there's a tinge of of, uh, you know, bittersweet sadness to it. You know, like the the music and the the way she leaves and 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 that that kind of the, the, the whole nature of it being kind of unresolved at the end, per se, you know, like. Not not in terms of like, yeah, Gaia's safe and things are fine, like the world's not gonna be destroyed, but there's kind of an emotional lack of resolution per se. You know, they they, they she goes back and, and you know, it's kind of ambiguous, right? Like you you know, if if you're a positive thinker, you're like, Okay, well she's never gonna feel like committing suicide again and thus there will be no sequel right but then and since she didn't there wasn't and she is but you know that that i guess you could also make the interpretation that this this could all happen again if somebody gave into their their personal despair right like that 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 could potentially befall any human being at any time and and that they will all have to have the strength to (laughs) overcome that 
No, it made me laugh, and it's my avatar. It's like when when Falcon goes to talk to Hatomi, and she and he's kind of like, yes, yes, like let, let it all fade away, like we'll destroy this whole world. And Hatomi like cuts through like all his bullshit, and she's like, you just want to kill Vaughn, and he has that creepy smile where he's like, yes, like this chick gets me, like yes, <laughs> yes, that's what I want. <laughs> you see this toe hair stubbed, like I was supposed to be uh, king, like but he was king, like uh, fuck uh, that shit blow everything up like thank you let it all burn let it all burn uh. well if there's nothing else i guess we will leave gaia and return to earth and derek if you would be so kind as to do your usual thing yeah if you have any comments questions and or concerns if you're like dude owie that looks like it hurts when they the drill bits go into you to start the escaflone uh, send your emails to fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes for Big in Japan, where we talk about anime all the time, go to fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the backlog of episodes. In addition, we are on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, retweets that we receive. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. And we're on Apple Podcasts. And this is Justin signing off. This is Derek. Derek WC signing off. It's Mike signing off. Let's go. Go. another thing they never really well what's her name is sora that chick with yeah falcon like they never really i mean i guess you can infer what her deal is but like they never really go into it she's just being uh what's her face from lord of the rings yeah oh galadriel yeah